Hello, everyone. My name is still Kevin Verga, and I'm joined still with my co-host, Devin D'Agostino. Devin, hello. How are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. And so on the still names, right? Yeah. I've been trying out a new name, so I'm becoming a teacher this year. All right. Um, as I think we've mentioned before. And Mr. D'Agostino, yeah, you know, whatever. That's my dad's name. I'm going by Mr. Dag. What do you Mr. think? Mr. Dag. Yeah. You know, I like it. It has a nice ring. Dag could mean, could be short for a number of things. It could be your actual last name, D'Agostino, but you can also go by Dagger. Dagger, Mr. Dagger. Didn't we have this conversation? Yeah. Maybe we like already had this, day. but Dr. Dagger. It will definitely be better when you inevitably become a doctor for whatever reason. You'll be Dr. Yeah. Dag, Dr. Dagger. And then ultimately, just the dagger when you become a vigilante, um, going, going around the streets of New York, educating people on your own volition. Stabbing them with education. <laughs> Dagging them with education. Dagging them. Let's get that. Uh, Another saying that we're going to make popular. You've been dagged. You've been That's dagged. You learned something. Nice. <laughs> just like right now. Uh, Devin and I are going to stop making sense today, as we always do every episode. And what that means is every week, Devin and I choose a new Talking Heads song to analyze and then ponder. And then it makes our minds wander and takes us to uncharted realms of science and comedy and music. And we answer such burning questions as who took the money? Who took the money away? Where? Where is my common sense? Why stay in college? Why go to night school? And of course, where is that large automobile? This episode, we'll answer all of those, including what song are we doing? That's the question I'm asking you, Dr. Dag. So could you please tell us? I could answer all those questions except for which song we're doing today. Oh, you didn't get my text. No. Really? That really hmm. throws off my plans is all because I really thought we were going to you know, do the, the normal episode. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were just winging this one. That's all right. Tell me what song. I can, I'll catch on. I, st- I looked up all Swamp. I listened to the song Swamp on repeat just the whole week, and I'm losing my, my mind. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, how can you possibly... That you're not, you can't be a sane human being and listen to the sw- Swamp on repeat for an entire week. Well, actually, it wasn't that bad because that uh, opens the B-side of um, Speaking in Tongues, and that whole B-side is great. The next song is Moon Rocks. So I kind of like when Moon Rocks comes up and then, you know, pull up the roots. And then finally, you know, this must be the place. I was like, oh, these songs are good. I really like Moon Rocks. I wish we did that this week. I I was about to say, Moon Rocks is a great song. I'd be happy to talk about it. Uh, I have so much on Swamp. And I know that the (laughs) listeners love Swamp. It's actually was on Reddit and it won best song from Stop Making Sense. It beat out, you know, Psycho Killer, that classic opening. It beat out Heaven. It beat out Take Me to the River. It was Swamp. I was surprised. I mean, I love the song. I also saw a Reddit article saying that Swamp is the greatest song ever made. So, yeah. I mean, it's up there. It's up there. But, God, I really got to wipe out all of these notes for Swamp. But I'll do Moon Rocks if you want to do Moon Rocks. Let's do Moon Rocks. So Moon Rocks is off Speaking in Tongues, 1983, uh, the B-side, and Follow Swamp, which is an odd song, to say the least. Definitely an outlier. But when that song ends, it's not a reprieve and you're right back into a happy pop song. 
you're still in an odd space and it goes from swamp to moon rocks, which I felt is a very quintessentially talking head style song, but not one that I knew very well. And I don't, I don't think it's a very popular song. What's your experience with moon rocks in your life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, interesting to say quintessentially talking head song because this, their fifth album, Speaking in Tongues, our second time talking about it, was right after they split with Eno. So it was really, pull up their roots, it was really a return to their roots, right? Oh. The music they're making, just the talking heads. But Moon Rocks is actually, it's a song that like, I have a long history with. I don't know, it was just one of those talking head songs that my dad would listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it's one that I'm more familiar with, which is surprising because like you said, it's not that big, a, it's not that popular a talking head song. No, but it, it's so talking heads. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it is so every, every element of it that when I was looking up just some research for the song, well, I was looking up Swamp, but I found this song. Um, I found a New Yorker article and I typed in Moon Rocks Talking Heads into Google as one does when they're researching Moon Rocks by Talking Heads. And an article came up by the New Yorker and the title was something along the lines of this talking head song explains the talking heads. And it's going in about, oh, this is the song that epitomizes the band, is era-defining. And I was like, are they really talking about Moon Rocks right now? Yeah. They were actually talking about Life During Wartime. They were talking about music. One of, again, another fantastic song. And, and I think did win that Reddit poll of best song from Stop Making Sense. But in a way, I saw a lot of similarities between Moon Rocks and Life During Wartime. For a lot of Moon Rocks, when I was listening to it over and over again, I felt like I could sing the melodies and the lyrics of life during wartime over the beat of moon rocks try it at home folks it kind of works uh it seems like they respond in the same vein but two different lyrical songs while life during wartime seems like you can delve into its lyrical content forever moon rocks isn't as much so for me it wasn't one that i can just fall into and study and study the lyrics and kind of like the episode on the good thing where we were able to go and have all these theories about what the words yeah. mean. Same with uh, This Must Be The Place. This song was, was more difficult to me to just fall into lyrically or music theory-wise. Do you have that same experience or did you have something different? It's interesting that you say that because I was actually talking, to this, talking about this song to someone right before recording and they were saying the same thing. Because something David Byrne even says about his lyrics is a lot of the time he picks them just because they sound nice, right? Like he picks words that sound into the song. We spend a lot of time analyzing them and looking for like stories and underlying narratives. But the reality might be that Byrne just sort of picked whatever lyrics sounded good. So I think exactly like life during wartime, there's definitely a narrative there. There's definitely Mm -hmm. a story, a defined character. This one, not as much. However, I do think it's like thematic. I do think there's a theme running through it and the lyrics do match up to it. I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, and just to get some insight on the song, we'll take you into the first verse. Flying saucers, levitation. Yo, I could do that. Get ready for heavy duty. Go on, give it a chance. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. I saw your hair start to curl. So get up, write it down. You better wait for a while. There's not... I mean, there's stuff there, but it's more of a song that you sit in and let it kind of envelop you and you just dance to it, listen to it in the car. It's not something that you really need to engage with deeply because it kind of just does the engagement for you. Your body is already dancing and moving around to it. 
which is why I think that's it's a quintessentially Talking Heads esque song because it's just one of those songs that you have no chance but to dance to. There's nothing else you can do. You're gonna shake your hips at least a little bit, but you don't have to get lost in the meaning of the lyrics as much as you might if you were listening to "This Must Be the Place" or "Life During Wartime" or something like that. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I like that. It, it like forces you to be engaged almost. And on like something I've always thought about this song is this is a song you could hear on Talking Head seventy seven. I think it would fit very well in that album. Mm. Um, but another thing, right? If I had to pick like one word for this song, bear with me. I would say like sciency, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a sciency vibe to it. And like I said, entering the classroom, as you may have guessed from the fact that I'm trying to name myself Mr. Dag, I want to be the cool teacher. So yeah. I want like music playing when my students enter the classroom. So I'm looking for like sciency songs. And I was thinking about it, I'm like Moon Rocks is definitely a song I could have playing one morning when the students came in. And so maybe like what my overall vibe of the song was, that first line, flying saucers, levitation, yo, I could do that. It sort of felt talking about science and its applicability and how much we've advanced in science over like, you know, the past few decades that flying saucers, levitation, nothing, science fiction is no longer in the realm of fantasy anymore. Yeah. Like, so there's levitation. We could do that. We could do that with science. Do you get yeah. that at all? Absolutely. I love that idea that science fiction has totally moved on and is less otherworldly and very much grounded here on Earth. I think science fiction always comes from what we don't know and what we're scared of. And maybe in 1980s, where NASA and space travel was really grooving. I was looked it up. Uh, in 1983, there was four total NASA missions. That's NASA alone. A lot of other countries were traveling. Three of them were the Challenger uh, spaceship, uh, the very same Challenger that tragically disintegrated only a few seconds into its mission in 1986, three years later, uh-huh. um, then 1983, the, the year this song came out. So 1983, there's three missions by the Challenger. Within those, there's some amazing, groundbreaking, monumental occurrences. Uh, Sally Ride is the first female to go into space, and Guy Bluford, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is the first African-American astronaut to, to go into space. I mean, that's amazing. So, yeah. so science and space travel is on the minds. That's the great frontier. To go back to what you were saying, I think science fiction has changed in that, I think, artificial intelligence, robots on Earth, are the scary thing now of replacing jobs, being as smart or smarter than humans. I think at this point, especially, you know, we're in month five of quarantine. If aliens came down to earth, we'd be like, whatever, get at it, just stop it, whatever. And they'd be like, wow, all right, Jesus, these guys are downers. Uh, So I think it's funny that flying saucers and levitation don't surprise us as much anymore. No. Yeah, and then another thing too, because like, it's not just, it's science, but it has like that funky vibe to it. And something I really like was attracted to too was the line, skin from a snake, blood from a stone. Because we have this sciencey song, and then you have these two lines, which are like rituals, right? Like alchemy and stuff. So it's this mix of science, religion, and magic, and only the, almost this idea that what we once thought was magic and like alchemy is now something that's scientific. I was going to add on to that of probably my favorite lines from the song is, I got a wild imagination talking transubstantiation i have it highlighted right here that was going to be my next thing my favorite line in the song transubstantiation talking i mean that we're talking ritual i mean that's christianity transubstantiation is 
I'm going to do my best to explain wine and bread transubstantiating into the blood and flesh of Jesus Christ. That's something Catholics, I know, believe. I think that's part of uh, a lot of Christian faiths, um, truly believing that those things become the blood and flesh of Christ. So we have a song that opens with flying saucers, levitation, yo, and then using (laughs) the words transubstantiation. And then also right before that, talking about imagination. So we're talking about different spheres of science, of faith, and then also throwing imagination in there as well. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Just talking transubstantiation is one of my favorite lines ever. It's just such a cool line. And yeah, I mean, I think it's about, right. It's like science is now blurring those lines between what's magic, what's ritual, what's traditional practice, what's alchemy. It's all, it's showing the extent of it. And on this like idea too of science, I'm going to speak this to you and see, tell me if you think there's anything there. Mm. That chorus that's repeated throughout, I don't mind, let me go. Sounds inside, I don't know. Let me be, why not stay? I feel numb, let me play. What I almost got out of this, right, was like a college kid who signs up for an experiment like at a local science lab, lab at their college for extra cash, right? Mm-hmm like someone undergoing human experimentation, like you see the advertisement, sign up for this sleep lab, you'll get $10 an hour or something. And the kids do it. And then he's just there and he's just really dismissive about it. It's like, whatever, you know, whatever you got to do. And that's almost the attitude towards science and this whole thing as a whole, right? Just like you said, yo, I could do that. It's very dismissive to science because I almost get the image, right? Of someone being inundated by scientific facts, right? Mm. Like they're just internalizing all of that and it becomes like magic or alchemy because you're hearing all these things, you're amazed by it, but you don't know what's actually going on. And there's so much coming in that you're just sort of like, all right, I'll just accept it for what it is. This is what I assume like the audience says when I use science to explain something that we hold near and dear to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like I use evolutionary science and they're like, whatever, I don't want to hear about it. I don't mind. Just stop, Devin. Stop ruining this for me. And one more thing I want to draw attention to here, because this song, like we said, it's very disparate. There's not really any major story there. But there is like one character, right? Our man here, the man in the moon who swallows the rock and becomes a corporation. I remember like when I listened to it as a kid, I almost got like that vibe of like, you know, the movie, How to Get Ahead in Business? (laughs) I went to business school. I don't know if you're exactly living it, because in that movie, which I've never seen, you know, disclaimer here. <laughs> but the story, the plot of it is, is that this businessman grows a second head. So it's like a sci-fi movie, how to get ahead in business and grows a second head. That is so disturbing. But in a similar vein, I don't know, like he swallows the rock and then he becomes the human corporation, right? And he's, I got mass communication. I'm the human corporation. I ate a rock from the moon. So is it like some sci-fi story about some dude who eats a rock from the moon and becomes like super powered? I don't know. I got yeah. that. That was what I used to interpret as a kid at least. Oh, that's what this song's about. Our SpongeBob reference of the day in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie when they're singing Goofy Goober. Remember that scene where they say rock and they show a picture of a rock? Of a rock. Yeah. Kevin's messing with his audio, so I'm just going to spitball here. Oh, there's three characteristics for a planet. Why is Pluto not a planet? Because the International Astronomical Union said there's three characteristics for a planet. Planet needs to be one, round. Two, I don't remember. And three, it needs to be able to clear its orbit. Pluto can't clear its orbit, so it's not a planet. But it is round and does the other second thing, which I can't remember. (laughs) But take my word for it. 
Hmm. How are we doing, Kevin? Now I'm testing my mic again. That's good. Give me a little more. <laughs> hey, back. Kevin, you're, you're really good under pressure. Have I ever told you that? <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. And I will definitely look up that second characteristic of a planet. And you know what? While I'm doing that, why not take an ad break? Yeah, let's take an ad break. Let's learn about planets. Uh, we have a great advertiser, brand new, just like every other week. They seem to not really stick with us for too long. But uh, this will be a good one. So we'll, we'll be right back. Okay, so this week's episode is brought to you by rocks. Rocks. Too small to be a boulder, too big to be a pebble. Rocks. Get yours today. We would also like to thank our other sponsor, the moon. That's no moon. Oh wait, yes it is. The moon. Find yours wherever it is night. Moon. <laughs> Find yours wherever it is night. So painful to the ear of a, of a slogan. <laughs> Wherever it is and night. Yours, wherever it is night. Listen, I don't, we don't, we take any sponsor we can get. If the moon wants to do that as their ad, all to them. Why does the moon need to be advertised for? Does it need an advocate, the moon? Like I said, I don't judge our sponsors. They want it, they got it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, these are sponsoring our show. Can you just like, without saying, because I don't want the audience to know, just like hold up the check of like how much money the moon is paying for? Oh my God. It's out of this world. I Oh, I love the moon. I love this moon so much. I'll advocate it forever. Everyone, nice. uh, the moon and rocks are our sponsors this week. Thank you so much. And uh, back to the show. So I figured it out. Three things to be a planet. Needs to be round. We got that. Clear its neighborhood. Got that too. Must orbit a star. Ah, uh, it can't just be space junk floating through. Can't just be space junk floating through. I was under the impression that in order to be a planet, it has to be an oblate spheroid. Am I crazy? I said round, but yeah. I think yours is probably a more precise definition than it so has there was to just be a, round. <laughs> there's a cube floating around, and some guys like, mm, nope, sorry, can't be a cube. There's a cube floating around a star, clearing its neighborhood, but they're like, nope, can't be a planet because you're a cube. <laughs> which kind of is discriminatory, which it's I too square which to be a planet. Yeah. Round heads and square heads is a nice. Nice. We'll bring it back to the song. Uh, <laughs> but before we go back to the song, do you want to do a bit? Let's die. Let's die. It's a great day to die, Deb. It's a great it's always a great day to die with you, Kevin. I'm gonna roll for you first. You I really don't want to be a baby again. <laughs> I took the baby off there. Thank nope, God. you're a government man. Oh, nice. And I am a human corporation. Oh, nice. Oh, interesting. interesting. We should get along quite nicely if we're in America. Yeah. Oh, did Getting I say Getting political that? right off the bat. I like it. And we are up above the yard. Government up above the man, yard. human corporation, up above the yard. All right, nice. <clears throat> hey, man, can I get you a beer? Sure, sure. Please. Here you go. Let me open that for you. Oh, <laughs> I was drinking something else. <laughs> I already had a beer. Hey, there's a cap on this. Could you open it? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. I had checked that out. I actually have a, a lot of regulations as to how that's supposed to be made. So just, you can thank me later. I see. And I, who have already forgot who I am. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know, Devin. What were you? Who are you, man? I am a conglomerate, really. I am a collection. I am a collective. I am an idea. I'm an idea that I want to sell to you, the government. 
Yes. I remembered who I was, a human corporation. It's on my business card, of course, right here. Of course. Human Corporation Incorporated. Mm-hmm. There's a government. I'm a corporation. You know, yes. we're above the yard. Oh, we're above a lot of things. Uh-huh. Rocks. <laughs> rocks. Rocks. Why don't we privatize rocks? Privatize rocks. Privatize rocks. Every time someone looks at it, I just dropped something. You can hear that roll in the background. Sounds like a rock. It sounds round. It sounds like a, a planet. So rocks are everywhere, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rocks are by the water. Rocks are on Venus. Rocks are on the moon. If you monetize that, mm-hmm. we got something there. Hmm. I do like privatizing things. Yeah. How much will it cost? I want it to cost as much as possible. Give me a number. That's the one problem because rocks are like everywhere. So we can just grab them for free. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to overcome. Yeah, we we, need... we want to make the cost. Here's my strategy. I'm all in for this. Mm-hmm. I want to take this to the next level, me and you. Okay. The thing is... Well, we're already like, floating above the yard, but we can go the level above that, I guess. And that's, that's really where I want to go. I want to go as high as the moon with you, buddy. Because here's the issue. People can get rocks, like you said, anywhere. Go outside, put your hand in the dirt. There's a good chance you pull out a rock. I want people to know that when they're picking up that rock, that's the government. That's the government in that rock. I want them to hold that rock so close to their heart while the national anthem plays in the background. I want when we go back to the Olympics, when we get out of quarantine, I want our divers to be first in the water. You want to know why? You want to know why they're going to be first in the water? Firstly, they're the best. God bless America. Secondly, guess what's in their pockets? Guess. Rocks. Rocks. Rocks in their pockets. Rocks in their pockets. Pockets. Rockets. 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 Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Broke it. We got it. Rockets. Okay. Rockets fly yeah. up above the yard, the uh-huh. moon. Uh-huh. So yeah, rockets. We need one rocket, and we need many rocks. Then we will have the rocket. The rocket. You see how that? Rocket. Rock your pockets. Rockets. I yes. just got a slogan. Look at that. We're doing things here. Okay, so how do we fund this rocket? Rocket? We sell rocks. Rocks so for your pockets. Yep. We brand them. We sell them. All of a sudden, we have money. When we're selling these transactions, we have a special rock tasks on them as well. This right. funds the rocket. When we get a nice enough rocket, we fill with rocks. We the send best. that rocket to... Guess where we're sending it? Guess. I know you know. Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado. You want to <laughs> drop a rocket in Boulder, Colorado? Just seems appropriate. Rocks, boulders. Actually, Bol- if you listen to the sponsor for Devin and Kevin, Stop Making Sense... Rocks what is that? are not I, boulders so, oh. or pebbles. They're just rocks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that podcast is. I'm assuming it's a podcast. I'm a government and you're a corporation. It seems like we have bigger things, but it does sound really great. I'll check the podcast out. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a human corporation. I got to relax too, listen to some quality entertainment. And when I just need to wind down after a long day of corporating, I put on Devin and Kevin, Stop Making Sense, and am overtaken by anxiety and discomfort and that's exactly what i as a human corporation i'm sold i the government want to endorse these podcasters devin and kevin you said correct Mm -hmm. they stop making sense i want to get them government jobs should we send them in this rocket devin and kevin full of a bunch of rocks headed to the moon 
We'll head it to Boulder, Colorado, actually. Yeah, that'd be a great special if they record their op- their episode from a rocket ship. You know what? If we monetize on this, we get them before they review Moon Rocks. I hear they're doing Swamp this week, so we should be in the clear. We'll have them record their Moon Rocks episode in our rocket ship. That's fantastic. I actually heard that they're going to do a three-part special on Swamp because it was so heavily uh, recommended by their audience. So I'm in. I'm in. All right. Put it here, man. Let's shake hands. Deal. Nice. There we go. (laughs) And scene. Nice. Solid. Perfect. Yeah. Dude, um, just like fully out of the bit. Yeah. What do you what do you have against Boulder, Colorado? You wanted to send a rocket to Boulder, Colorado? People oh, I assumed there. it was like a rocket ship, like that we land and we like we're the first people to walk on Boulder, Colorado. Oh, okay. Put a yeah. flag there, yeah. Do you think there's any part of Boulder, Colorado where a foot hasn't stood? I would say the majority of Boulder, Colorado. I'm picturing Boulder, Colorado, and I know it's not that, but is it like a city on top of a giant boulder? Yeah. In which case, like, you couldn't stand on any of the sides of it because it's, like, circular. It's a big boulder, yeah. Yeah. And Little Rock, Little Rock, that was the, I was looking to say Little Rock when I said Boulder, Colorado. Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. Because I couldn't remember the name of that city. (laughs) Little Rock, Arkansas. Have you ever been anywhere close to, have you been within 100 miles of Arkansas in your life? I couldn't point Arkansas on a map to you, hmm. so I have no idea. I may be next to Arkansas right now. I literally, I have no idea. <laughs> there's, I could there's, be in Arkansas. There are people that like grew up, born, grew up, died only in Arkansas. They never left. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's amazing because there are people out there that just live so different lives than, than you and I. Yeah, I could have I could have been born in Arkansas, and we thank God you weren't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know what? I'm putting it out here right now. Devin and Kevin, stop making sense. Is anti Arkansas? Anti Arkansas. I'm not. I'm not in on this. Half of Devin and Kevin stop making sense are anti Arkansas. I love Arkansas. They're going to sponsor the next episode. Oh shoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not sponsoring me. Kevin is sponsored by Arkansas. Go to Arkansas. There's stuff there. And Devin is... I'm going to make my own ad the next time. Anti-Arkansas ad. Arkansas. Who even knows where it is? Arkansas. Don't go there. Arkansas. It's like a political ad, except it's just anti-Arkansas. So I work for a media company, and pretty much if you have anywhere a few hundred dollars, you can buy one ad to run i could make schedule have recorded one 20 second anti-arkansas spot that runs to like everyone who will listen and it, it will play listeners i'm reaching out to you if you would like to hear a 20 second ad spot of me talking badly about arkansas donate a dollar to our podcast 100 percent of the funds will go to the devon against arkansas fund in which I will write, record, and submit an ad talking badly about Arkansas. Okay, would you rather live for two months in Arkansas or on the moon? I'd rather be dead than live in Arkansas. Jesus ever. Christ, man. I'd rather live on the moon for two months without a spacesuit than live in Arkansas. <laughs> would I, so you're asking me, would I rather live in a barren, desolate wasteland without human beings and only rocks or the moon? That's the question you just asked me. What do you think I'm going to answer? 
All right, so before we alienate Arkansas anymore, Kevin, in honor of Moon Rocks, I have some Moon trivia here for you. Would you like to play? I'm absolutely ready to play. I've been studying, actually. All right, cue Moon game show music. True or false? The moon is made of cheese. Do I have any lifelines? You have six, one for each question. Okay, and what are they? Um, you can phone a friend. Okay. You can scream it out the window and hope someone answers you. Okay. Or you can look for the answer in David Byrne or in the Talking Heads song, "The Moon Rocks." The Moon Rocks. Okay. That's what and that I, song is called. And I somehow have six of these three options <laughs> for each song. They refresh for each question. Oh, fantastic. So I can do all three or I have to choose one? Oh, you can do all three. It's a very okay. easy trivia game. Okay. Can you repeat the question? True or false, the moon is made of cheese. The moon is made of cheese. Can I hear it in a sentence, please? Sure. True or false, the moon is made of cheese. Mm-hmm. Country of origin? The moon. Hmm. The moon is made of cheese. Uh, false. Correct. False. The moon is not made of cheese. Very good. True. It's false. <laughs> okay. Question two. The 2009 indie sci-fi flick called Moon was directed by the son of which famous musician? Is it multiple choice? Nope. <laughs> you just got to tell me. Oh, my God. It is exactly who you would expect. David Byrne? <laughs> Close, but wrong. Damn. David Bowie. His son, Duncan Jones, said he got inspiration from visiting his dad at his summer home on the moon. Duncan Jones directed Moon. His summer home on the moon? Yeah, David Bowie's summer home on the moon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said something crazy like Arkansas. <laughs> Come on. This is Bowie we're talking about here. Does David Byrne have a son? I don't know. I don't think he does. David Byrne, if you're listening... Even though this is an easy, easily Googleable question, email us. Tell us if you have a son. <laughs> and please donate to the Devon Against Arkansas Foundation. Please do. All right, so I'm one for two now. True or false? The moon always shows Earth the same face. That's true. That is true. Its rotation is synchronous. So, in other words, don't play poker with the moon because it has no poker face, it has a really good poker face. I'm really. Why? Go. Why does it? Why does it have a good poker face? Because it always has the same face. So oh. Like it has no tell. <laughs> Everyone always has the same face. No, but like you know, expression-wise. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Question four: How many copies of Pink Floyd's "Dark Side of the Moon" have been sold? How you can many? give it. We can do like twenty question rules. You can ask like, is it bigger than a bread basket? Is it over? All right. Blend? Is it is it bigger than a bread basket? Yes, it is bigger than a bread basket. Okay. All right, so 19 more questions. Uh, is it more than 35 million? It is more than 35 million. Is it more than 100 million? It is not more than 100 million. Um, I'm going to guess 43 million copies. Uh, incorrect. 45 million copies. Very close, though. I was if impressed. If this was Price is Right, I'd probably get it. You would, this is not Price is Right, though. This is Moon Trivia. I also have a bonus <laughs> fun fact for you. Sure. None of the members of Pink Floyd have actually been to the dark side of the moon. None of them? Not one. Or one? Not a single one. I thought I would have been sure that Nick Mason would have. You would assume. Really, yeah. But no. 
Nope. The answer wouldn't surprise you. I'll tell you that much. Between you and me? Yeah. Nick Mason and David Bowie aren't good friends. That's why he's never been invited to David Bowie's oh. summer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They don't like I to talk about it. I didn't mean to bring that up. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Screw five. Arkansas, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> now we're back. Five. We're back. Approximately one in how many people are werewolves on the earth right now? One in how many people are werewolves? So does a werewolf have to be a gentleman? I've only heard of male werewolves. I don't know. Werewolf can be anyone. It's very inclusive. I don't even think that a werewolf has to be like a polite man, to be honest. Gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ob- oh, okay. Well, obviously, they, they bite people and eat people. Okay, so there's 7 billion people. Out of that 7 billion people, I probably know uh, 500 of them. None of them are werewolves. So I'm going to guess that 6,999,999,500 werewolves. Final answer. I'm going to give it to you because the answer I was looking for was zero, but I realized that's not proper math. You can't have one in zero people. I was trying to say that there's no one who's a werewolf. So freebie, you get the question. Nice. I get the point. <laughs> I was pretty close, I think, right? Yeah, zero. Nowhere. I, math, you know. Question six. On what day did Neil Armstrong become the first human to step on the moon? July. Yeah. 16th. Uh, close. July 4th, baby. July 16th was the day they took off from Earth. Ah, of course. Yeah. I, I definitely knew that. So July 29th. No, it doesn't take that many <laughs> days to get to the moon. <laughs> what? It takes like two weeks to go to California. Yeah, but it's in a rocket ship. You don't take a rocket ship to California. You only take a rocket ship to Boulder, Colorado. I thought proportionally, <laughs> proportionally, they'd be fine. So it takes less than two weeks to get to the moon? It takes four days. What day did they land on the moon? Uh, the 20th. July 20th. What year? Um, 69. 69. July 20th, 1969. And shout out to our man, Michael Collins, who had to wait on the ship while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin got to mess around on the moon, playing golf, hopping and stuff. Michael Collins had to sit in that spaceship in case they died on the moon. So he could yeah. come back alone. So shout out to Michael Collins. Wow. Yeah. And Not we went Arkansas. there and we went there like let's be honest here. Let's be honest before we get to question seven. Wh- yeah. why? Why did we go to the moon? What was the point of that? What did we get from it? Nothing. We shouldn't have gone to the moon. That was a waste no. of time and resources. I'm sorry, you notice I'm distracted here because I'm Michael angry. Collins, I just it just popped into my head that Michael Collins may have been born in Arkansas and I just Gave a big shout out to him. I don't know why I think this. And so, guy, I'm live checking Wikipedia right now. No, he was born in Rome, Italy. I don't know where I got Arkansas from. I'm going to just... Born in Italy? F, yeah, Rome. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay, just command F Arkansas on his um, Wikipedia page. No mention of it. So we're good. We still support Michael Collins. Okay. Yeah. Question seven. Question seven. Final question of the day for all the money this is the big one kevin i ask you how did nasa fake the moon landing uh i'm gonna phone a friend phone a friend i'm gonna call rachel malik okay i hope she answers because if she doesn't it's gonna be very embarrassing embarrassing i'm nervous she's not gonna answer (laughs) i'm gonna answer we can leave a voicemail. That's not how phone of, phone of friends work. You can't leave a voicemail when you're the cash cap. No. I'm leaving a voicemail. Well, I, okay, well. so 
I have you still have six more phone of friends left from all the other questions that you didn't refresh. So I can either scream out the window or I can search for the answer in moon rocks. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to search for the answer in moon rocks. I would have screamed out the window, but there um, you go. <laughs> let's see. How did America fake the moon landing? Okay. Well, I, I'm drawn to man in the moon, moon in the man. I got a rock in my throat. You know, I think that's if we're putting men on the moon, that's where yeah. we would start. So around that is uh, gonna rock it till I shock it. And I think although the lyrics say rock it, I think it's rock it. So go. gonna rock it till I shock it, gonna kick it till I drop it. Okay, so kicking's involved, obviously. Kicking? And I want to do some kicking. <laughs> protons and neutrons. I ate a rock from the moon. So he's already there at the moon already. I'm gonna guess just based on the lyrics of it, that they hired Stanley Kubrick to fake the moon landing for political and social governmental clout and to draw up and dictate the sociopolitical engagements of all international countries throughout the 20 and 21st century based off the Stanley Kubrick fake. Is that the right answer? For I actually them? didn't. I didn't have an answer. I was looking for an answer because I knew... He's a government man, everyone. You just got the inside scoop. NASA did fake the moon landing. You heard it here first. Devin uh, and Kevin, stop making sense. Uh, we did it. God damn it. This I just released <laughs> a decades-old secret of the government. I'm so angry. Uh, let's go to the commercial. I gotta go. We gotta talk to another ad because oh. I, gotta, I gotta make some calls, and this time it's not to Rachel. <laughs> Uh, Devin, you were recently a student, right? Yeah, very recently. So, you know, after you graduate high school, after you graduate college, which you just did, you have these options of either travel the world or continue education or go to college for the first time, you know, travel Europe. These are classic options, you know, both yeah. are going to take money and time, but what should you do to get that life experience? But now, during quarantine, we have the options to work and learn remotely. So why not take traveling the world and going to college and put them together? And you have the best of both worlds Why you travel the world. Um, here at the University of Phoenix Study Abroad Program, um, you really can only learn a few things. Uh, mechanical engineering, music, and business administration. So those are the three options. I hope they're appealing. And since uh, America is doing not so good of a job with the COVID epidemic, we can only really travel to a few places, and those places are Albania, Tanzania, Ethiopia, and North Macedonia. So do any of those majors and locations yet, yeah, Devin? Is there a reason that we're only allowed to play, travel to places that end in an IA? Um, there is, and I really don't want to go into it now, but it okay. has to do with... You know, inter-political vowels, dip diplomat. Um, yeah, but they're all yeah countries. Yeah, or you can go domestically, and you can either go to New York, yeah, uh, where two weeks of your time would be spent in quarantine, uh, or you can go to Arkansas. Mother. had North Dakota originally written, but I changed it to Arkansas. Good. That's funny. Um, all right. So how, how do we take this home? We're in the, we're in the third act here. Let's, let's bring it on home. Anything else? Um, let's, uh, 
Let's give the moon is made of cheese a try. The moon is made of cheese? Yeah. <laughs> to make even less sense today, I want to talk about a theory that I think is very near and dear to many of our listeners' hearts, that the moon is made of cheese. Yeah, I've heard of this. So this is pre the everything is cake theory. Mm-hmm. This is the original. Moon is made of cheese. Now, fun fact for you. In 1988, 13% of those people surveyed believed that the moon is actually made of cheese. Hmm. 13% of people surveyed. 13% of people surveyed. This is from a website called moonconnection.com. And it's dedicated so to all things moon. Yeah. So there's more people that believe the moon is made of cheese than there are werewolves. I guess that's true, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, continue. Mm-hmm. And then I was also reminded of the classic. You a Wallace and Gromit fan? Uh, is that the people that are made of clay? That's the people that are made of clay. So, yes, I'm a big fan. Wallace and Gromit, on their first outing, a grand day out, Wallace has no cheese for all of his crackers. So he and his dog, Gromit, build a rocket ship to the moon to get cheese. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Classic Wallace and Gromit little... And when they get Story to the moon, there's a, there's a cheese store and they buy cheese and then they come no, back? They, or? they scrape it right off the floor because it's made of cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm guessing that the 13% of people that actually went to go see Wallace and Gromit in theaters, they all believe that the moon was made of cheese. Yeah, you'd be surprised. That's basically the overlap. The moon of made in cheese, for some reason, it's actually like a family of stories and comparative mythology. So there's all these ancient civilizations with stories about the moon being made of cheese. Mm-hmm. bear with me here the first record of it is from a medieval serbian legend and it goes like this the wolf is chasing the fox trying to eat him the clever fox convinces the wolf that the reflection of the moon in the water is actually a floating block of cheese so the wolf naturally goes to the water and keeps trying to eat the cheese and while he does he starts swallowing the water and he drinks the pond water until he eventually explodes and the fox lives happily ever after those medieval serbians had a way to yeah. write a story well, that's interesting because i know that wolves and dogs uh they'll eat until they literally puke because they can't eat anymore yeah so there uh there's a word for that and the word is would you like to use your phone a friend or scream would you like to use your scream out the window <laughs> voracious i'll take I think, it i think the word is voracious i'll allow it but the whole point of this proverb is that it's like in the idea of human the moon is made of cheese in general, is it was never something that was taken seriously, except for those 13% of people who thought it was. But it was the idea of like, it's a proverb on human gullibility, right? That someone is able to believe that the moon is made of cheese. But it's interesting, because I think we find the interesting parallel, and I'll, you know, hypothesize this here with you, between the moon is made of cheese and flat earthers. Mm Mm-hmm. So flat earthers, right? Just like we say, the moon looks like it's made of cheese, so it must be made of cheese. Flat earthers say, the earth looks like it's flat, so it must be flat, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And talking about crazy surveys again, according to a YouGov survey, one in six Americans are not sure if the earth is round. They're just not sure. They're like, there's no consensus out there. So, therefore, um, they, it would not be a planet because it wouldn't be round. It wouldn't be round, exactly. And that would make a special... Oh, that's Don't a good think- point. It wouldn't be a planet. Flat earthers, checkmate. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, they'd probably like that because um, they being uh, myself included because I'm a flat earther. Of course. Um, of course, we both are here. 
Um, this is a flat earth podcast. Despite us being anti-Arkansas, the flat earth capital of the world. You know, we are, we joke, but there are probably, there are probably, okay, so how many percent believe the moon was cheese? 13%. There are probably more than 13 flat earth based podcasts. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I bet more than 13% of podcasts yeah. are flat earth based. <laughs> Go for so, it. So 13% of people, okay, here. So 13% of people you. think that the, the, the <laughs> moon is cheese. <laughs> so you think 13% of people think the world is flat. That means 13% of podcasters think the world is flat. So, I'm not following your math. So 13% of podcasts are flat earth podcasts, whether they are explicitly that or, or not. I couldn't find a source for this survey other than boonconnection.com, which isn't even a .org. So we're just giving a lot, of, uh, a lot of credit to it, but maybe we should look with a skeptical eye, which flat earthers don't do. Or flat earthers do do. They do do. 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 <laughs> nice. Yeah, we that's the show, everyone. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much for tuning in. Woo! Oh, it doesn't give a <laughs> no. But flat Earth, like I didn't think flat Earth was flat Earthers were actually a thing. I thought it was just like a way, like a meme, basically. Like people were just trying to be contrary, and I never realized that there's people who are actually flat Earthers. Yeah, there there's conventions and and Facebook groups, and it's crazy to think about, and it actually. Tie back into our song. We should do every once in a while we decide to go back to the Moon Rocks. Oh, yeah, there's a song. Because Moon Rocks, right? We talk about this person who's inundated with science and just becomes like whatever, stops believing it. It's almost like that, right? Like they're jaded by science. They're jaded by it and they're going against it. They're looking with a skeptical eye. You know, it comes from really a distrust in government, a distrust in scientists, distrust in NASA. It has to do with government funding and our government man from, our government man from before. But, you know, it's, like, interesting, right? It's, it's sort of like you, I could see the person in Moon Rocks being a flat earther. The evidence doesn't prove it either way. The earth looks flat. Science, whatever. Like, do you feel that at all? Hmm. Could the narrator of Moon Rocks be a flat earther? <laughs> yeah. There's a 13% chance. Well, one in six chance. For yeah. Is that so? Is 13% one in six? No, one in six. The 13 was for moon made of cheese. One in six was Americans unsure of the... Oh, one in six. One in six. Statistically speaking, there's a good chance, like, if you want to put the money down on it. But I think also the attitude that this character comes to science with, it's really like they see science as science fiction, and they also see science as fiction. And they say, whatever, I feel numb to this. Let me play. And I feel like maybe a lot of conspiracy theories start with that idea of, I feel numb to this. I don't really have any connection to this. Let me play with the idea for myself. You hear a lot of these things. I watch a lot of these uh, videos of people going to like these conventions and interviewing people. And a lot of them say, you know, do your own research. And I think it also comes with the idea of like, let me play with this information. Um, because the idea that the universe is so big and that, 13,000 Earths can fit in Jupiter is literally unfathomable. Mm -hmm. And you just let the idea play in your mind so that your brain makes it up and it's easier to comp you know, comprehend. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and I almost interpret it as this, right? Like the flat Earth belief, it's almost religious. It's you're doing it based on faith, right? 
you don't want to believe the scientific fact. And I almost thought of it as like a retaliation to the spread of science, sort of retaliation to what's going on in moon rocks, right? Our generation is probably one of the least religious generations ever to be born. And I feel like in response to this, people are turning to things like flat earth, which they claim to be based in science, but it's something mainly faith-based. It's a way to say, we put so much into science. What if it's not true, right? What if, why not give science as much um, flack as we give religion? What's to make any difference? That's almost like my hot take on flat earthers. That's yeah. a retaliation to science. It's very trendy. This idea of alternative fact is very, uh, very 2015 and onward. I mean, it's yeah. been around forever, but it's uh, now we have the avenues where a flat earther cheese moon conspiracy theorist can start a podcast and and have a have a uh, a, a following just like we can start a podcast overnight and, and start to defund arkansas they can start raising money so they can make their own convention so they can meet fellow flat earthers i mean it's it's pretty amazing that these uh, avenues that can either help you learn more about science help you learn more facts can also help you lead down, I'm going to say it, the wrong path, <laughs> uh, a path of lies. I'm more than happy to come out against flat earthers in this podcast. I mean, I've already gone against the entire state of Arkansas, so I'm very happy to say we are an anti-flat earth po- podcast. Yeah, I'm not so, sh- I mean, I'm one of the one six that I'm not sure if it's round. <laughs> I'm true. definitely sure it's not flat. <laughs> That's for sure. I, like I mean, how do you explain mountains? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how do you explain mountains? How do you explain Boulder, Colorado, where there's a big boulder? I mean, that's not flat. Uh-huh. It's round. Explains Arkansas. Nothing to freaking do. It's just flat wasteland. Is can science be a religion? Can you be religious about science, or are the two mutually exclusive? The thing I would say is that. It depends on how you use science, because science is about being skeptical, skeptical, skeptical. It's about being skeptical. It's about looking for information. It's about questioning, right? Whereas religion is something that's based on faith. We just put our faith into the fact that religion is true, whereas science, it's held to a standard that you need evidence, replicable evidence, that this is correct. And if it's not, right, flat earth is not science because there's no evidence to support that. This is what I'll give you, right? This is always something I've had trouble with. Proselytizing atheists. It's almost oxymoronic. It's like atheists who try to spread their atheism onto others. In my mind, right, the whole point of atheism is that I don't believe in a higher power, right? I don't believe in religion, but that's my, I don't like organized religion rather because of what it does. Proselytizing a major part of that. But something that's always like got on my nerves is people who are atheistic and they go around and like telling religious people, you're wrong, that's not true. Just because like, I feel like for me, you know, I'm someone, I think I'm agnostic, right? I don't, I don't know if I believe in higher power. I'm definitely grounded in science, but I would never push that onto someone else. If you see what I'm saying here, because I feel like if you want to be religious, that's your choice. If you believe in that, it can be a very comforting thing. It can be a very important thing. It's not my responsibility to push my beliefs onto you. Yeah. And that's kind of when it becomes a religion. When you start to do missionary work for the absence of religion, it, uh, yeah it becomes paradoxical and I guess you're not praying, you're not going to church, but if you start a, I'd have to look up the Webster uh, definition of what a religion is, but a lot of people say things like 
baseball as a religion, athletics, music can be religious. I mean, we dedicate an hour to an hour and a half of our lives every week. Longer than that, because we need to study to the talking heads. Are we religious about the talking heads? We have these deep thoughts and conversations, these spiritual awakenings, and then we meet together to discuss them and have other people listen to them all around the world. Is that religious? I mean, I watch Stop Making Sense every Sunday at noon. Is that is that religious? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's because we're getting into the territory here that religion is something that's habitual or almost obsessive in some cases. Mm-hmm. You know, obsessive over talking heads. But I don't think it has to be that, right? I think that's when religion gets dangerous, when it gets problematic, just like when atheism gets dangerous and problematic. But the whole thing about science is that we look at things with a skeptical mind. We ask questions, not even skeptical, but we continue to ask questions and we seek evidence. We seek evidence that's replicable, that is grounded in fact, and we're willing to question things around us. And I think that's what's important. You can be religious and you can do that too. As long as people continue to question, don't just accept things at face value and aren't pushing their beliefs onto other people, I think it's fine. I mean, I think that's a fantastic point of view and I think that's a great uh, note to end on, wouldn't you say? I would say so too. Yeah. So Devin, I'm going to take your job for the week. Uh, what's going to keep you staying hungry until next week, until the next time we meet? I'm going to stay hungry about that cheesy moon. <laughs> mm, doesn't that sound good? The moon made of cheese. would like to take a bite out of that. It sounds like a fallacy. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like the moon isn't made of cheese. It's made of rocks. <laughs> those delicious rocks. <laughs> just want to bite into one of those rocks. And also, I'm going to do a little research on Arkansas, because I know nothing about it. Maybe I don't hate it as much as I do. And this is a great example, everyone listening at home, where where, um, uh, malice comes from. It comes from ignorance. And I think Devin, Devin (laughs) is a great example of that. So, uh, (laughs) sorry. I'll take Um, it. I'm going to look for more six-syllable words and songs. Today's six-syllable word is transubstantiation transubstantiation six syllables that's equal to one in six people aren't sure about the shape of the earth so i have six people in my family so i'm gonna have to do some research um, and phone some friends so i'm gonna look for more um multi-syllabic words in in uh, in songs i think that'll, that'll take us till next week which the episode will be we don't know yet because we discuss it right after we hang up and stop recording these episodes. <laughs> well, they just got a glance at the inner workings of Devin and Kevin Stop Making Sense, which this has been. Thank you for listening. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Stop making sense. Stop making sense.